Hello, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. Very happy to be with you on this day. Ah, great to be together. Great to make the choice to be inspired in a community of people who choose to invoke inspiration on a daily basis. We do it together once a week. I'm believing that you do it every day. I hope it's true. And I hope you understand that it is a choice. It is a choice as to whether we decide to take the action to call upon inspiration in our lives, in our hearts, in our beings. It's a choice that not everybody makes. You know, I was talking to someone the other day a man who spent many years in jail. And he, I mean, more than 20 years, nearly 30 years. And during his time in jail, he said that he had obviously a lot of time to think because he was confined. You know, there was a schedule that he had to follow. And this was before there were televisions in jail. So there was not nearly as much distraction as apparently there is now, because you, we know you could turn on the TV and get lost in whatever fantasy is available for you to watch. But before there was television, there was time. There was time and him and the other people surrounding him. And yes, he described that during part of that time, he had to learn how to defend himself because it was unsafe. So he had to get physically strong. But then what else? And the what else for him was a time of tremendous contemplation because he was there for so long. He had to, he chose to think deeply about himself, his life, his choices, what got him there in the first time and what he wanted to do with his life in those moments when he was there and also moving forward. He, one of the choices that he made was to become very physically fit. And that helped him to become in alignment with not just the body, but the being. And he began to think about the choices that he had made leading up to that moment and the power of choice moving forward. Now, this is someone who was in confinement, who was not able to leave his abode, which happened to be a prison. But as I was contemplating what he was describing, it took me back to this moment that we're all in now. And I'll say all, let's say almost all, because the world has opened up some. Not everyone is living in quarantine the way some people are, but most people who are paying attention have dramatically limited their movement out of safety, safety precaution, out of wanting to help this moment in time of humanity to be as healthy as possible, some out of fear of what will happen if they go outside. But surely for the past year, most of us have limited our movement dramatically. So for some, and I know this is true because I've talked to a lot of people about this, for some, it has felt like imprisonment, that 
I can't do anything. Honestly, for my teenage daughter, even though we do everything we can to bring joy to her world, she's a teenager. She doesn't want to just hang out with us. She wants to hang out with her friends. She wants to make new friends and explore the newfound independence that she was just getting. Um, hello, welcome everybody. Welcome. We're talking about choice. We are talking about the power of choice. And I I've been talking about this uh, gentleman who I have met and had a lot of great conversations with who spent more than 20 years in prison and how over that period of time, he began deeply contemplating his choices and the choices that he could make moving forward. And I think that the period of confinement that he had, while much longer, bears some similarity to the period of confinement that most of us have had over this year of COVID, where we have been sequestered, we have been at home alone or with our families. And whoever we are at what stage in life, it's been hard. It's been hard to be as disciplined as we need and uh, hard, what do we do with this time? And I've asked this question many times of us. What have you done during this period when you will remember where you were, what you were doing during COVID? So ask yourself, what were you doing? What are you doing? What choices have you been making? And it led me to today's inspiration and contemplation for us about choosing truth. And I'll tell you how I came to that originally. Many years ago, I had completed a project and a big project. I had completed writing a book and I went to a meditation retreat and I learned because I've been practicing meditation for a long time that the best way for me to get messages when I go for this deep dive, which is called an intensive, is to have something on my heart and in my awareness that I want to offer up. You know, this is what I want to explore. And the question was, what's next? That's a big question. I think we always have that question in some kind of general cosmic way. But I was like, I really want to know what's next. What am I supposed to be doing next? And maybe if I go deep into meditation and sit with this question, something will emerge. I'll get some sense of direction. And so I'm sitting in this hall with hundreds of people uh, being guided into meditation. And literally, I heard a voice. And I think you've engaged with me long enough to know that I'm not airy-fairy. I'm very spiritual. I believe in the power of greatness of God that is on the outside and the inside. But I'm not airy-fairy, whatever that means. Whatever judgment you might put on that. I heard a voice. Eyes closed in meditation. Everybody's quiet except for the sound of our teacher guiding us into meditation. Actually, at this point, she wasn't even talking. We hear the sound of the tambora, an instrument. That's it. And this voice says, choose the truth. I go, what? What does that mean? And it was so loud and clear. It wasn't something that was fleeting. It was incisive. Choose the truth. 
And I didn't know what it meant, but it lay with me. It was there. And so when the meditation was over, I wrote it down. At that point, soon after that, I was supposed to be meeting with my publisher to uh, say what the next book is that I wanted to work on. And I had a number of ideas that I'd fleshed out. And I said, hmm, maybe I should add this idea of choose the truth because it stuck with me. And I wasn't even sure what it meant, but I wrote down a description of what I thought it meant and put it in this list of about seven ideas, went to my publisher, and what did the publisher choose? <laughs> you guessed it. The little paragraph about choose the truth. And the big question was, well, do you think we could change the title a little bit and call it choosing truth? <laughs> like, sure. And then I had to figure out what would the book be? Also, what does this mean? And so uh, many meditations, many contemplations, and then using my skill as a writer and editor, I created an outline. And it was interesting because prior I'd written a book called How to Be, which was about how to engage your fullness and understand where you're headed so that you can navigate your life with grace and dignity and understanding of you know, how to be in the world. So choose choosing truth was a completely different look at kind of the same thing. It was the inner journey. What does the inner journey look like? What does it feel like? What, how can you share it with others? And that's what this book became, Choosing Truth, a book about the inner journey and how I was taking the inner journey and how other people I interviewed were taking this inner journey. And so it came to me that I wanted to share this with you today because we are living in a space and time when if we pay attention, this confinement in which we find ourselves is actually like a perfect Petri dish for the inner journey. What have you been doing when you're confined? How have you been spending your time? How could you spend your time? What can you do to go inside to learn more about yourself, to learn more about what matters to you, to learn more about how you can guide your steps based upon what you value? What is your truth? It's an interesting concept because it, in one sense, in the big global cosmic sense, there's one truth. The, that pulse, that pulsation of love and oneness that exists between you and the creator and between all of us and the creator. So that's like the truth. But what does that mean? What does that look like? And how does it manifest? And so many people over the millennia and people right now, based upon the lens through which they see the world, are trying to figure it out. So scientists are looking at how to preserve the world, right? Doctors looking at how to heal the world. Educators, how to illuminate the minds of the world. Everybody has a different vantage point. You think of it as a perfect diamond. The truth manifests in all the different facets of the diamond. 
what makes the diamond perfect is when each of those facets is illuminated perfectly, is clear, is crystal clear. So how do you get crystal clear? How can you choose your truth, your connection to God, that truth? How can you let go of all of the uh, fogginess, of all of the blurriness, of all of the lack of clarity, so that you can pierce through all of that to see what is real and honest and right for you? It is not easy, but what is? I don't think anything's easy. But I think this is worth it. For you know, I, I, I was working on a book, another project, and I was working with a researcher who kept challenging me. Do you really think this is true, Harriet? You, know, you should read more about our history before you make whatever the statement was. And she challenged me and challenged me and challenged me because whatever it was that I was espousing in this particular chapter, she believed based upon the research that she had done about the history of the people of the world, the history of people of African descent of the world in particular, told her that what I was saying was inaccurate, that it wasn't complete. And she challenged me and then gave me all these texts to read to have a better insight into what the truth might actually be. And what I remember about her challenge more than anything is that it let me know that there are layers. There are layers to what truth is, that things are not always what they seem. Of course, I know that. But if you challenge the information that comes to you and take the time to go deeper, not just go down the path that you think is accurate, but do research. Do your best to figure out what are the different vantage points on this topic and what can I learn? What, what can I discard that I may have believed to be true based upon new information that I gather by constantly doing research and evaluating what the information is that comes before me it is easier for me to be able to figure out what is actually true. Does that make sense to you? We live at a time when there's more information at our fingertips than ever before. And yet, many people are waving the flag of what they consider to be true. And I just can't even imagine why they think it's true. That could be something that is reflected back at me. There could be things I believe that based upon someone else's research and accumulation of data and evaluation of data could say something that I believe to be true is inaccurate. Hey, that is what I call a quality debate. When you get into conversation, contemplation, fiery discussion with someone based upon evaluation of facts, that's powerful. Within that space, you can look for the truth. The danger that we've been experiencing so much in recent years is when people just lie 
just say something that isn't true over and over and over and over and over again and convince people that it is. And then you have these warring beliefs about what one person says is true and another one says is true when the truth just doesn't exist in that space. That's dangerous. How do you get past that? By being constantly on the search for the truth, never giving up, never letting your guard down in that sense that, well, you know, he wore me down. I give up. Now, you can stop arguing with someone if you feel that the argument is going nowhere, but don't give up on finding the truth. Don't give up on looking for it, searching for it, contemplating what you're learning and doing your best to figure out based upon all of the information that you have gathered up to that moment, whether something seems accurate or not. You know, we've been looking at history very much during recent this recent period, whether it's current history or looking at what's happening in current history and backwards. Um, my husband's been watching on the History Channel all of these very rich uh, documentaries about presidential history from the beginning of the United States to today. And we've been talking about the things that he's been learning. I haven't watched them yet, but I look forward to doing that. And in the gathering of history that has been shared in these documentaries that he's been watching, there was one about Ulysses Grant. So he recommends that I haven't seen it yet, but sounds really great. That takes a look at the Civil War and how the Civil War was fought and the role that the enslaved people, my ancestors had in the Civil War, and the fact that Ulysses Grant weaponized the enslaved people to help to and to, to help to win the war and end slavery. And that he understood that that was a smart thing to do. Now there's so many layers of how people of African descent were treated and how it manifests today and just the horror of it all. But also in this case, it was trust. It was you, if you work with me, maybe we can extract ourselves from the horrors of slavery and create a space for freedom. Powerful, powerful when also in this American um, constitution, black people were called three-fifths a man, property. Was that true? Was the humanity of our people considered less than other folks? Well, we know that it was, but was it true? And aren't we still unraveling the truth around who we all are and people of African descent, how we were, um, how our dignity and humanity was compromised? Isn't that true? And aren't there people right now today who don't understand the argument at all and who think that Black folk are just 
requesting, asking for something that we shouldn't get? It is so deep to look at history, to unpack history and look, you can look at all of the people of the world. In the United States, you can look at all of the people who make up our world right now and go back and learn about each of our family lines, each of our heritage lines. And in so doing, learn how do we get to where we are today and how can we unlock the truth when it's needed? Okay, so that's, that's a, yes, I would call that deep. It's real understanding who we are as a people, the American people, and then our different bloodlines and how we have come to where we are today. That's a big thing to do. What's smaller that I always try to push us back to is about each of us. How do we figure into this puzzle? Who are you in this search for identity of what is your own truth? It's based on heritage. It's based on family legacy. It's based on community. It's based on opportunity. It's based on thinking. It's based on how we exist in the moment. It's not just the big history, but it's the history that we are creating in this moment. So that's a whole lot to think about and unpack. But honestly, I think that's, that's part of what's fun about it that we can look at the whole story and learn so that when we open our mouths and talk about who we are, we understand that a lot more comes with the answer than just who we think we are in the moment. Choosing truth. What does it mean to choose the truth? To choose your truth. What does that mean? Think about it. Think about it deeply so that you come to a space of openness where you allow yourself to go deep into your heart, to listen to the voice inside, and to take action based upon what you hear, what resonates within you. So often we do things on a cursory level, very light, very uh, superficial. But what happens if we go deeper? Now, I want you to think about this for yourself because this is not sort of an esoteric contemplation. To choose the truth for yourself is an inner process that can go as deep as you are willing to go. So you can start on the surface answering, who am I, what do I need, what do I want, what do I value? What do I care about during this time of being quarantined, being sequestered? What can I, what can emerge from me to make my life sweeter and more meaningful? You can look for that truth. And if the deeper and deeper you go, how do you connect to the truth of and power of your family, of your family heritage, of your community, of the power of your people? whoever they are, that truth is expansive. You start with that personal inner truth and then connect yourself to the greater truth 
of your people and then your community and then that connection to humanity. And it can be a very expansive experience. Now, I warn you, it can also be a frightening experience. It can also be uh, an embarrassing experience. Depends upon how you've lived your life and how your people have lived their lives. So what if you come upon some information that makes you really uncomfortable? That's when you have to go deeper and ask for forgiveness. And if you need to do something in order to right a wrong, then you drum up the courage to do it. Now, I want to go back to the guy I told you about from the beginning of this uh, podcast who spent more than 20 years in jail. It was, he wasn't wrongly convicted. He did things that he shouldn't have done. And so he talks about how he had to first ask for forgiveness within and then ask for forgiveness on the outside because he did wrong. And when you do wrong, you have to, you have to dig deep in order to release all that it took for you to get there to making a decision that was wrong and paying for those sins, so to speak. Now, that's why people go to jail sometimes. But what about that proverbial jail? What about the, the you know, going back to quarantine, for some people it feels like jail. But even, even if it's not quarantine, what are you, in your mind, what, what is holding you hostage, right? What is within your being that you cannot let go, that, that's got your brain and your heart on lockdown. What is that? Is there something that is keeping you from breaking free? Is keeping you from stepping into the greatness of you and connecting with your truth? And if there is, tell yourself that you don't have to stay locked up. You can choose to open those doors. You can choose to open those gates, whatever it is, and allow yourself the freedom to see clearly. Allow yourself the ability to ask for forgiveness and choose to move forward with more careful steps. And so for you, what's the exercise? The exercise is to identify what you believe truth looks like for you today. Is there something that's confining you? Is there something holding you back? One thing, if there's one thing you could look at that's holding you back from really standing fully in your truth, what is it? And can you offer that up to the fire of meditation and allow it to be seen and to dissipate. What is that one thing right now that you have the courage to put forth, to offer to the universe that you can let it go so that you have a clearer path to your truth? What is that? Whatever it is, be courageous, be willing to identify that thing 
to call it forth, to bless it and let it go. And then notice how much sharper your vision is toward your truth because you let something go that you've been holding on to that's standing in your way. Do you think you can do that? This is a very specific action regarding choosing your truth. It isn't, but we could take lots of different approaches to this, but I'm asking you to choose something that's part of your truth that's time for you to let go. What is it? You don't have to tell anybody but yourself. But you can. If you want to tell somebody, we can talk about it. We can go to the Facebook uh, uh, group that I created, Dreamly Presents Inspiration, and we can talk about it there. You want to do that? You can write what your one thing is that you want to let go. Um, you're welcome, Sony, and all the others who are connecting to this. This is deep what we're talking about right now. So if you want to feel connected as we do this, join me on the Facebook group that I created called Dream Leapers Inspiration and write down the one thing that that aspect of your truth that you're ready to let go, to release so that you have a clearer vision. Something that maybe only you know yourself and you don't share with anybody else. Share it. If you share it, there's a real power in that letting go and offering it back to the universe. Choosing an aspect of your truth that you can let go because it doesn't serve you anymore. It opens the doors for you to step into the greater truth. Your connection to God. Your connection to each other. It's liberating. And my friend Tommy, who spent all those years in jail, explained to me that over many years of physical activity and spiritual activity, he was able to forgive himself for the things that he had done wrong. And he is now choosing to live a life that is rich, that is simple, that is fulfilling, because he was able to let go of a part of himself that didn't serve him anymore. What part of your truth are you ready to let go of? I want you to share it. I want us to be connected as we contemplate this really tender space of choosing truth for ourselves and leaping into that. So we can do this together. We can talk about it or just write it in your journal, whatever you choose to do. If you want to talk about it, go to Dream Leapers, Dream Leapers Inspiration Facebook group. And I'm going to jump over there and write something that I'm letting go of. And I hope you do the same. And please share with your friends that now this broadcast is available as a podcast. All the places that podcasts are available. I look forward to contemplating Choosing Truth with you and coming together again next week. Until then, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.